Hey there, this is RCCG The Oasis, and you're listening to Oasis On The Go. The Oasis is a house of refreshment for a generation hungry and thirsty for the presence, power, and the love of God. Now, let's get into today's sermon. Amen. I have been wrestling with a lot of thoughts in my head about today's service and the message that God has given me for today. And I believe that God is going to bless us richly. But these thoughts started on my way to Abuja on Tuesday. And whilst I was flying, the Holy Spirit just kept speaking to me about something he wants me to address. Now, when I say address, I don't mean just to the church or people, but also personally, one of the things that he wants me to address. And uh, I realized that this is something that is critical in a man's life, something that is critical in everybody's life. If you want to succeed, you want to walk the shores of this earth and leave a footprint is something that you must address. It's something that you must have. It's something that you must have at the back of your mind. And whilst I was thinking about it and then coming back, I also realized that God started speaking to me about something again. And that's where the conflict came. I said, okay, so God, should I do tininita and then pick one? Right? And I realized that God wants me to share these thoughts together with us. And uh, I believe, again, that God will bless us. Amen. Can we turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 3? We're still on the series of hearing God, right? But I want to take it from another dimension entirely. And then we would end with the acts and acts of hearing God. Amen. Would end with that. In Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, Ye shall not eat of of every tree of the garden, and as, as, as we look at just this first verse, I want to assure you that the devil has no idea about what God is speaking to you. The devil is not omniscience. I say it again. The devil is not omniscience. The devil does not know all. The devil does not have an idea of the word that God has sent into your life for now. So the devil would always seek information from you. And in seeking this information, he comes to you in different manners. He comes to test and to see if you will give him access to this information that is only known to you, that is only revealed unto you. That is only accessible to you. 
And when you grant him that information, he begins a journey in your life to ensure that the words, the prophecies, and the sayings of God concerning you does not come to pass. So he begins with that. Sometimes it comes like question. <laughs> like it did to Eve. God has spoken, the Bible says, that when the Lord has spoken, he says, twice have I heard. Say, once has he spoken, twice have I heard. So God's words does not change. When you begin to see and listen to questions in your heart, it is all information seeking by the devil. Just to access that which is only privileged by you. Did God really say, Uche, you are going to be governor? Question. He does not know. So he wants you to confirm to him if what he's suspecting is true. Did God really say you'll be president? Did God really say you'll be the lawyer? And woe betides the person who distorts the word of God concerning him. Because he will give the devil the room to exploit you. So if, go to the next verse, verse 2 please, verse 2. Now look at what Eve responded to the serpent. It says, and the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of every fruit of the trees of the garden. So this is the point where the devil says, hmm, okay, go on. God said, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that, I'm going to be the head, I'm not going to be tail, I'm going to be healed, I'm going to be delivered, I'm going to break through. Then the devil will say, go on. Information seeking. So he said, she went for, he says, we may eat. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall ye touch it, lest you die. An introduction of touching comes in. Nor shall ye touch it, which kind of distorted the word that God had said. To Adam and Eve from the beginning. Tell your neighbor, don't give room for conversations like that. Oh, the devil will come in different ways to initiate these conversations in your heart. Don't give it to him because all he's seeking for is information. So after that, verse 3, verse 3. No, go to verse 4. Go to, go to verse 4. Thank you. Verse 4. It says, then the serpent said, conversation, says to the woman, ye will not surely die. Hey. No sex before marriage. God has said, I carry a covenant in my head. I am going to places. I would not do this. You shouldn't do this. This is a word specific to you. If I do this, my destiny will be truncated. Then the devil will say, oh no. Who told you your destiny will be truncated? Didn't you hear Pastor Peter said that before he gave his life to Christ, he was a wayward? He was as wayward as wayward. 
He was doing everything, but look at it. Was his destiny truncated? And then if you are not careful, you begin to consider it. You, your own, you cannot take bribe in your office. And then the devil comes to say, ah, how many people take bribe? You mean if today the chairman of EFCC gives his life to Christ, he will not go to heaven. Don't suffer yourself. Do it and bless the Lord with it. Give your offerings. In fact, you remember the church has a need. They just moved into this hall. At least when you take this one, two, three million naira is enough to sort out God. Don't ever think you can bribe God. Because God, God is not a man. So the devil comes to test the word that you have received. He comes to test the word that you have received. To dis trying to distract you from the goal. So, verse 5. And this is where I'm heading to. Verse 5. It says, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes would open. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, at that time, you will know what to do. Just make it. When you make it, it will now sort out the remaining part of your life. Distortion. Then the Bible says, so when the woman saw, somebody says saw. You know, this is so that the tree was good for food. Saw that the tree was good for food. That it was pleasant to the eyes. And the tree desirable to make one wise. I remember years ago when we had a session with Pastor Chintok. He spoke extensively on this. And he told us how the test comes to every man. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and what? Pride of life. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So, what is it you are looking? What is it? You're thinking you should possess. And what is it that wants to service your ego? In 1 John chapter 2, the, the Bible says that these things are not of God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Go to verse 15. 1 John 2, 15. 1 John 2, 15. Quickly. 1 John 2, verse 15. Are we there? This is what the Bible says. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if a man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now watch verse 16. It says, for all. The Bible did not qualify it. It says, for all that is in the world. Ah, I said when I was when I looked at that scripture, I cringed a bit. So everything 
God, you mean everything in the world is actually the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Then in a bit, I started examining my life from head to toe. That everything I have actually always desired was to please these three things. What I see with my eyes, I want to have it. What I feel in my body, I want to wear it. And I want to service my ego so that when I'm passing, I'll say, yeah, me too, I've arrived. Come on, man. You're not the only one that wears Gucci. I can wear Gucci also. You want to be respected when you are passing by. You want people to greet you every time. Service your ego. All of these are all we've been craving and fighting and trying to acquire here on earth. The Bible says all that is in this earth, all that is in this world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, and the pride of life. So I sat down. And I said, Lord, that was how Eve was tempted. That was how Jesus Christ was tempted. The eyes, he saw the stone. He was hungry. And he said, the devil came with questions again. Oh, what about this thing? You're hungry, by the way. You need to survive. You need to be alive to do the work of God. I don't know if any of you have had those words in your head. But he know be firewood. You need to be alive. You need to eat. Man was work. If I don't get this thing and I now die, then who will do the work that God has for me? He said, turn the stone to bread. Now, this is where it introduces the verse 15. Love not the world. Food is not evil. But the love of it can cause evil sit in your heart. Money is not evil. But the love of money can cause evil to sit in your heart. Cars are not evil. But the love of cars can cause evil to sit in your heart. And these things can block your hearing of God. These things can stop you from accessing the the unadulterated voice of God. Lost of the flesh. Lost of the eyes. And the pride of life. Every man that must achieve, every man that has been a success, everyone that you see growing in his career and succeeding has what is called desire. Passion, zeal, commitment. Without a drive in you, you can never achieve success. Without passion in you, you can never achieve your goals. Without desire, you can never attain. In fact, God is the one that puts desires in our hearts. 
When I sighted Busola the first time, I desired her. And that was what led to this. We're married. So desire is not bad. Desire is not evil. In Genesis, the Bible says that, and the woman desired it, that it was good for food. So I desired her. He made her so siwa. He desired her. Our wonderful pastor went for ministration, he has told us. And he cited our wonderful mommy. And he desired her. So desire in itself is not evil. But unchecked desires is what gives the devil license and access to tempt you. The Bible says that God does not tempt anyone. We are drawn by what? We are drawn by what? The lust in our hearts. So, God does not tempt you. Every temptation that comes, every one of you presented something to the devil that he used to tempt you and you fell to sin. The only thing the devil brings, and we're going to look at it in the book of James, the only thing the devil brings is what we call enticement. Somebody say enticement. Enticement is the only thing that the devil brings to the table. He makes it flashes around you. But enticement is not enough to fall into sin. The lust in your heart, that is the desire. Plus the enticement, it calls to sin. I take it again. The devil brings enticement on the table. You bring lust or desire and puts it on the table. And when you equal it, it becomes sin. So God started speaking to me. He said, what is it you desire? If that comes from the love to attain and show, then it's difficult to even know and discern what God is saying per time. Because your love for that thing can, when God can be saying no, and all of a sudden you are hearing yes because of lust. And these things can stop your hearing. Paul was speaking in Romans chapter 7. When Paul said, the things I love to do, I find myself not doing it. I don't know how many of you are with me on this. Well, you love the Lord, you love the Lord. On your way to doing the thing, you will not hear what God is saying. But the moment you do it, all of a sudden, you are very spiritual at that time. Oh, after you just fornicated, then all of a sudden, all the scriptures that speaks against fornication begins to run in your head. How many of you, when I was there, you just realized that, ah, God actually said we should not fornicate. But what happened from when you began the journey? Because fornication does not just start on the bed. It started from where? Come on, say it to me. It started from where? From a desire. The journey begins from there. And you begin to walk the journey. 
And at that point, if you don't watch it, what happens to you is that it's like a wool. I brought some wool. Can I have one person on the stage? I think I brought some wool here. I'll be demonstrating a few things, and I believe we're wrapping up on the hearing of God. This, this one is for my children. I didn't steal it. I took it. So this is what the devil does. At the time you are you're desiring it, and you begin to consider it in thoughts, you don't know. God is speaking to you, telling you that the way, there's a way that cement writes unto a man, but the end of it is destruction. But your desire for it puts a wool in your ears. And though you think everything is fine, but your hearing, your hearing is being blocked by the things, the lust that is within you. And no matter what you think you're hearing, there's something obstructing the accuracy of the word that you think you're hearing. So God may be saying that, yes, this thing looks good, but the end of it is bad. And you may not hear the end of it is bad, but you have heard this thing is good. And you begin to run with it. This thing is good. What happens? The lust in your heart has blocked your ears from hearing the end of it is bad. And God helps you. Oh, let, me, let me just say Satan. Satan helps you and then gives you money on top of that desire. In those days, when we want to commit, we look for our friends who have rented boys' quarters in places. And we beg them, we call, ah, is your place free? Oh, it's not free, my girlfriend is here. Then you are left with maybe no option. You begin to think, because you don't have money to pay for a hotel, then the devil gives you some money. You, are, you can now count some millions in your account. You know you can now rent, okay, not rent, pay for a hotel. And then the devil says, but you have some money. And it blocks. God is still speaking. He's saying, there's a way that cement rights unto a man, but the end of it is destruction. You're lost, plus the money you have, have now deafened your ears such that you cannot hear the end of it is destruction. And then you keep walking until you commit it. Then all of a sudden, the guilt, the same devil, pops up a scripture within your heart. And then you begin to feel bad. You begin to feel that, oh, what was I doing? How many of you got to the point where you said, how did I get here? I'm one of them. When did I start this journey that I got to the point that I feel I cannot go back again? Jesus told us the assignment of the devil. He says the devil comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And the first thing he does to you is to ensure that you don't hear who you belong to. 
John chapter 8, John chapter 10, both of those scriptures pointed out clearly how that we belong to him as the shepherd and we are the sheep of his pasture. And Jesus Christ said there, he says, my sheep hears my voice and they follow me. The devil knows that if your hearing is right, then your following would be right. So the first thing he does is to ensure that he blocks your hearing. And he first of all starts from the lust of your heart. The Bible says that when this lust is properly cooked, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is matured, it leads to death. What the devil wants to do is to kill you. He comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy he wants to destroy you. The devil does not like you. Don't ever think that everything he's enticing you with is because he likes you. He brings money your way. You think he likes you. He wants to destroy you. He puts the love of money in your heart. You think all those drive and passion to make it. It's because the devil likes you. No. The devil is very wicked. All he wants to do is to isolate you and separate you. So that when God is saying, come, you will not hear. And God is moving and the distance is created. I assure you, if I drop this mic and I want to speak, the people that are most closest to me are the ones that So what the devil does is to ensure that he pushes you so far that the accuracy of what you are hearing is not correct. When you begin to second guess, when you begin to impute your own ideas into God's own, when you begin to feel that, oh no, it is not all about what God said. That is why God gave us brain. All the effort is to ensure that you are destroyed. So it begins to push you away. And your hearing starts getting distorted. The further you are from the speaker, the fainter you hear the words that are coming from the speaker. So God wants you as his own. And as his own, he wants to come close to you. The Bible says, come near to me and I'll come near unto you. Why does he want to come very close to you? It's so that you can hear him accurately. There are words that are not for the public. He wants to whisper it into your ears. There are prophecies that are peculiar to you alone and you alone. He wants to whisper it to your ears. But if he whispers it from afar, you won't hear him. So the first thing he wants to do is to establish a relationship with you. Through the series of hearing God, we established that without a relationship with God, you cannot hear God. You want, he wants you to be close to him. He wants you to be his own. We established that God is a speaking God, meaning that God has never stopped talking. And I'll show you. God has been speaking from Genesis 
right up till now he's speaking. As you're sitting there, he's still speaking. As you go back home, he's still speaking. As you're sleeping, he's still speaking. As you're doing your business, he's still speaking. God is a speaking God. The psalmist told us that the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. Since the voice of the Lord thundereth, it means that every time he's speaking. So God speaks. And we said one of the ways, can you hear me? I hope you are following the message. <laughs> so one of the ways God speaks, we said, is through the word audible voice. And we establish it in the scripture. Abraham, Adam and Eve. Isaac, Jacob, they had God audibly. Moses had God in the burning, at the burning bush. God spoke to him audibly with a loud voice. And God is still speaking to people audibly. I'm praying to get to that point where I hear him audibly. I have Peter, Peter, I say, God, is that you? Is that how sweet your voice is? I'm waiting for that. I'm not going to lie that I've had him audibly. I've had him through the, the witness of the Spirit. I've had him through his word. I've had him through prophecies. I've had him through nature. But I'm still converting that point where I hear my son, my son. And what, we'll get there. Amen? Amen? I said we'll get there. So God speaks audibly. It's established in the scripture. We said the next thing that God speaks through his words. So he brings the scriptures to you. Now follow me. We're going to get to a very, very good end today. He brings the scriptures your way. And the Bible does not just enter into you. The Bible starts from you reading and hearing. So, Romans chapter 10, Paul says that, so faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? The word of the Lord. So you hear the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord builds up faith from within you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Somebody tell your neighbor, say the only way you can develop your faith is by hearing the word of the Lord. Scriptures are there. Read it. Meditate on it. I wanted to say cram, but I realized that cram is the word that local school use. If you go to local school like my own, we say, ah, come, come and cram this one. My daughter says, daddy, can I memorize this? I say, it's not memorize, it's cram. <laughs> we went to the local of local schools. So, memorize the word of the Lord, internalize it. Sit with it. What you're doing is that you're bringing and you're drawing nearer to God. Reading the Bible, listening to messages. Staying still with God. You're coming closer to him. And by coming closer to him, you begin to hear specific words concerning your life. Through the word of the Lord. So when you're close to him like this, like I said, you can hear him clearly. Established, right? So after that, through the words, we say that God speaks through what? Visions and dreams. And Pastor 
Oiko did a very wonderful thing. So like we said, God always speaks at all the time. But man is limited. There's a time that you will crash now. Abi, you have to sleep. But because God has not stopped talking and the aim of God is to continually have communion with you is that he comes even through the nature of sleep. And as you sleep, he speaks to you through dreams and visions because he has never stopped speaking. The time he wants to communicate with you, maybe your flesh is so weak at that time. And you're sleeping, but he cannot stop speaking. So he comes to you through your dreams and visions of the night. Ezekiel saw it. Ezekiel was sleeping. God came and spoke to him in the vision of the night and told him about the restoration of Israel and what to do. Dreams and visions. Then again, some of you are so busy with life. You have work. You have family. Some people have health challenge. And these things can add to the wool in your ears. God is speaking, but there's work in the morning. You have to go to work. So, you're left in between sitting down to meditate and hear God properly or a boss that will shout at you in the office when you are late. So you wake up in the morning, you just say, plus Jesus minus Satan, Lord, as I go, go with me. And you enter your car and you put on worship music and one downfall driver just does one crisscross in front of you. And before you know it, you are, the Lord is good all the time. The things, the cares of this world that comes to block our hearing of God and ensure that the fellowship that should exist between you and God is not there. So these things come to block your ears. Then you're going to work. Then you just remembered, I'm broke. I need money. All of, the time, all of a sudden, your worship music get truncated. Oh, I don't think some of you have gone through that. Where you are just worshiping God in spirit and in truth, personality is leading worship, your hands are raised, hands up, I open eyes. Is that the way they sing the song? Okay, that song. Okay, how do you start it? And your heart is open wide as the, as the sky. Then the devil comes in and says, what are you going to eat this night? <laughs> then for the next two minutes, your eyes have flown everywhere who you are going to borrow money from, who you are going to beg, whether you are going to stop in somebody's house. And for that minute, your hearing is obstructed. Cares of this life cares of this life. You've been saving money. You are now 200,000 naira away from 2 million to buy that car. 
your dream car that you wanted. And again, you are hands up, hearts open, wide as the sky. Then you remember 1.8. Hey, this two million, where is it going to come from? Where is it going to come from? And you begin to think. And again, your hearing is obstructed. Cares of this life. You remember that you need to buy a gift for that sweet lady that you are toasting. And while you are worshipping or studying the Bible, then all of a sudden the devil comes with those flashes. Don't forget, I say he starts from where? The lust in your heart. He comes with those flashes again. And all of a sudden you are reading for God so loved the world. And then you just see the young man smile. You think it's the God so loved the world that he made him smile. He just remembered how he's going to plan it, obstructing your hearing again. Yes, of this life. And what that does, where, 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 where are my guys? There are some people that I said they should come forward. Please come forward. Where are they? Quickly run, run forward. What that does is your heart. Because the Bible says your spirit always gravitates towards the spirit of God. Your heart and your spirit that is trying to run towards God. That is trying to come to God. Please come, 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 come quickly. Come quickly. Because the Bible says as the day pants for the waters, so my soul longs after you. It's always there. What are you? Lost of the flesh. What your flesh desires. Your heart wants to go to God. Hold me. And then, I'm hands up. Hearts open wide. And, but I need clothes. But I need money. But I need to satisfy myself. I need to eat. Then as you're going, pull me now. As you're going, you want to go to God with hands up. But these thoughts just keep flashing in your heart. And this is pulling you backwards. I want to hear God. I want to reach out to him. But I need money also. I need a wife. I need to satisfy my lusts. While you're thinking, what are you? Lost of the eyes. As you're thinking about that, then your heart just sees Brother Samson's car. And it's looking so good. I say, Lord, not like this I go today. But I want to reach out to you. But look at Samson. He just came to you today. He just came to you today. But you have blessed him with car. I have been serving God. Elijah said, Lord, I have been zealous for you. I have been committed to serve you. But this Jezebel has threatened to kill me. Zeal. But I have this burden I need to satisfy. Then again, wow, look at the way people are just holding Pastor Nat's handbag. This senator just passed. Look at the entourage around him. Well, it's not bad for me to. After all, 
Salvation does not mean suffering. I need to satisfy my ego also. And though you want to hear God, but this thing keeps pulling you and pushing you far away from God. Now, the point I'm going to make here is to help you bypass all of these things to the point that you remove every wool, every sin that so easily besets you. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of the faith that I have received by hearing the word. And you are saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Yes, I want to do your will, but this sin that so easily besets me, that always pull me back. I don't know how to help it. I don't know how to overcome fornication. I don't know how to overcome lying. I don't know how to overcome cheating. I don't know how to do this on my own. Jesus, have mercy upon me. Every time you call upon him, he leaves the distance from where he expects you to come to him. He says, come near, draw near to me, and I will. In other words, I'm not going to wait for you to come. He says, and I will draw near to you. He knows that the flesh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But now that you've called upon me, now I am going to come. And step into your situation. And that's when you now come to church. Yes, things have been struggling with you. Hearing God, reading alone. Then you come to church. And the pastor picks up the mic. And he speaks and addresses that issue. That thing that has always been bothering you. And you see yourself back to life again. Jesus is always speaking. He comes to you. He talks to you all the time. He fellowships with you. He says, come unto me, O ye that are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The devil does not want you to rest. So he puts a lot on your table. He puts a lot of thoughts in your heart. He brings a lot of commitments and activities. But sometimes it is only when you are still. You remember when Pastor Nas spoke about that? That you can hear from him. So when you come to God and you feel that your hearing is distorted, you're not hearing clearly, you're broke, your job, your family, your sick father, and all of these are blocking your ears. When you come and you want to hear from him, all you need to do is remove the thoughts about the sick father and put it aside. Remove the brokenness and put it aside. I say, I know all these things exist. I'm not in denial of it. But I know someone that can take care of it. And it is only him I want to hear at this time. Close your ears. Block your senses. 
When you come to him, it is not you that matters. It is not all of these things that matters. It's not jealousy, covetousness that matters. It is not arrogance. When me too, I can hear God, that matters. It's not self-promotion. Oh, let, 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 me also, let me also show myself. No, 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 no. It's not that, that matters. It's not pride. It's not boastfulness. It's not money that matters. It's not comfort. It's not fornication. It's not gluttony that matters. All that matters is a word from the Lord. You know that that word, when it comes to you, it can heal that cancer. So all you are desiring is the word from the Lord. You know that word, when it comes to you, it can give you a job. So that joblessness, all it is, is a word from the Lord. You know, whatever it is that you're going through, that sin that so easily besets you, that looks like you're struggling and you're fighting it. But every time you fight it, it looks like it comes the more. A word from the Lord can sort it out. Crying to God for a wife, a word from the Lord will sort it out. For a husband, a word from the Lord will sort it out. It's not when you engage all of this. All these things can just lead you to sin. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. But when you get a word, it dissolves all of this. It dissolves it all. And you hear him. The last example I'm going to make, or maybe not the last, the second to the last. And like I said, God is always speaking. And you know, he has never stopped speaking. The Bible says, he does not sleep, he does not slumber. In other words, that it's not when you are sleeping, then God also goes mute. No, he's still speaking, even in your sleep. And that's why we say he comes to you through dreams and visions. But what the devil does again is to put distractions your way. Many things are just speaking to us now. Everything that is wrong just begins to come to your head. And you cannot hear this speaker clearly when you have another thing playing in your ears. Sickness is playing in your ears. When the Lord is announcing that you are healed and the sickness is just saying, no, you are sick. You are sick. It's painful. It's that. You cannot hear the speaker very well. And you are confused because the words you are hearing from all that is in this world tends to distort your hearing of God. The hearing is constant. But all of these things are temporary. <laughs> very, very temporary. But the word of the Lord, the Bible says, is standard sure. So if you keep everything, all that is in this world, and you are bothered by every word that you hear, that, and things that so easily distract you, then it's difficult to hear God and to hear his words. Because... There are many voices that you hear. And all of these are with some kind of significance. But the one that you should lean forward to is the word. 
from God. And somebody will say, but I'm not hearing God. Does it mean that he has stopped speaking? Oh, no. We said it again. God has never stopped speaking. The problem might be that you have not tuned to the channel of God. So Paul will say that, set your affection. Set your affection. How have you grew up when there was that TV that you do, pack, 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 pack? Thank God I was born then. And we have an antenna outside. And when you tune it, get to the channel, and it's not clear, what do you do? You go outside. One person will be outside, one person will be inside. And no one is turning the antenna. Are you, are you clear? Eh? Could I get him a kill? You are asking the one inside whether it is clear and whether he's seeing it well. And the one is saying, yai, yai, haka. No, Okay, I forgot again. So what you are saying is, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay like that. No, you have passed it small. Go back a little, a little, a little. Okay, 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 okay. But all the time, the signal is in the air. It is just that you are not properly connected to him. There are different channels on DSTV. Until you tune to a particular channel that you want to watch, you will not see it. If you are on channels, if you are on NTA, thank God my wife has left NTA, so I can give that example very well. Those days, anytime I talk about NTA, when we go house, you say, what do you mean? There's no what do you mean again, huh? She has left NTA. So, somebody say amen. So, if you are on NTA, and you hear somebody talking about, oh no, they are showing so so thing on, on, on channels TV. And you are saying, but I'm not seeing. The problem is not that they are not showing it on channels. The problem is that you are not connected to the proper channel. When God is saying you are healed and you are bothered about the sickness, it is not that you are healed. It is that you are not operating on the same frequency with God. And that is why you cannot hear what is that the Lord is saying. The Bible says God calls the things that be not as though they were. Just step into the God realm and hear like God and speak like God. Then you would see like God. Like God sees. So channels is showing. Super sports is showing. And you're complaining that, no, why am I not enjoying pleasure now? Maybe you are not onto the channel of uh, the pleasure channel of God. Because the pleasure channel of God is not in all of these things that pleases the man's flesh. When you come to the pleasure channel of God and you sink deep with him in worship, everything you desire is met. Stop looking for God where he is not. Stop seeking his voice where his voice cannot be found. His voice is in his word. You cannot search for his word, for, for his voice in another human being. A lot of us seek for human, what's the word again? Human validation. And you think that in that you would have rest. No, your rest cannot come from it. Your rest comes from him. 
Come unto me, O ye that are laboring and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you're here today, by adventure, you have been thinking and wishing that you hear God correctly. And maybe you didn't know that some of the acts that is stopping you from hearing God are actually a product of your lust. Are actually a product of something that is coming from within you. The only way you can master the acts of hearing God it is when you address the acts that stop you from hearing God. You can actually get to the point where you master the art of hearing God. Though Eli had been rejected by God, but Eli mastered the art of hearing God and he could tell Samuel that this is God that is speaking and you can listen to him. You, you see him through nature. And when God, for instance, tries to stop you through the word that you have within you and you don't listen, God does not give up on you. That's why the Bible says nature speaks. You enter your car, you insist that you must go and see that girl. And that thing that has to happen must happen. And you're going and your tire just punches on the way. Ah, I remember. I used to have Okada. Very, very young age. At 14, 15, I had like two Okadas already, personal one. Because I was a hustler. When they say hustler, I started working my life from a very young age. I had a, an Okada. And one day I decided to visit my girlfriend. And God knows that the plans I had for her, they are, plans of, they are, they are no plans of good. There are plans of evil. Yes. I climbed my Okada to go. This tire, God knows, I just bought it. I just bought this tire. Nothing should make this tire go down. And I came out to climb the Okada. All of a sudden, the tire is flat. I said, lie, lie. That devil that wants to stop me will not stop me. And if you did Okada before, you know that if your front tire is bad, there's a way you sit on the bike and you get to your destination. How many of you did Okada here? Yeah. Okay. So we just go to the back and hold the steering like this. That's, I held it like that, go to the vulcanizer. First vulcanizer was absent. Second vulcanizer, the money he called for me, I couldn't afford it. What is God's dream? God is bringing in circumstances. You remember, Pastor spoke about this thing. Circumstances to make you hear that what you are going to do is bad. And a lot of us have seen and heard these things. But we deliberately do what? Deaden our hearts. Deaden our conscience so that we don't hear him. So we insist. And you get to the point where God just leaves you to your own passion and loss. And until you commit it, then you now want to come and be righteous. Oh, yeah. When you finish it, that's when you stand up 
I said, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This sin that so easily beset me, God has forgiven me of my sins. I know that I have repented. And no more will I be called, no, there's therefore now no condemnation. Therefore now no condemnation. All the way God has been telling you, it must stop, 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 stop. Through everything, you decided you want to go on. And you're coming to say there's no, no, now no condemnation. If I was God, I would just use my hand and give you one. But let, let, yes, there's no condemnation, but there's a hand, there's a knocking. Ah. But all of these things just want to stop you from hearing God. But God continues to speak to you. And even when you are seated in sin, see how gracious God is. God does not abandon you. He still comes to speak to you and tells you, you know what? Yes, you disobeyed me. You're falling. There are consequences you have to bear. Maybe you're pregnant. Maybe HIV AIDS or maybe something, gonorrhea or one of the punishments yeah, that decided to come to you. He says, but you know I still love you. Yes, I still love you. Two, do you see these two children? Abiel and Deborah. I don't know what they have done. Maybe it's the cry that they can. Before, I'm the one that used to beat them very well. But now, the moment I want to, Abigail will just give you that one look. And you just feel like, am I this bad that wants to slap? But thank God for this woman. Ah. If, she, if they want to cry, I'll just say, I'm coming. Let me go out. Just cry. They are crying on the phone. I say, okay, I'll call you back. Because somewhere they have now eaten the liver from my heart. So I no longer can beat. I will go for training again. I think my beating skills needs to come back. I'm flogging. My dad was a professional in flogging. Ah, no, my God. He will raise his hand like this. And you think the thing wants to stop at your back. When you raise your hand to block it at the back, you just hear the titties on your leg. The man was just so skillful. Maybe that's what God needs to be doing to some of you and some of all of us, including me. You know, when we want to block it here, you just divert it and hit you somewhere so that you feel the pain of some of the things that we do that pains God. Or somebody raise your hand and say, God is gracious. That you are still hearing him through his words on the altar is because he's still gracious unto you. He still loves you. He does not want you away from him. All he's doing is stretching forth his hands towards you. And he wants to receive you back. He still wants you to be on the same frequency with him. He wants all the things that blocks your hearing to be removed. So you can have access to him again. He says, come now, let us reason together. Says the Lord. Do your sins, the product of the lust in your heart that has led you astray. Be as scarlet. He says, when you come to me, they shall be as wool. He says, though they are red as crimson, they shall be as white as snow. Tell your neighbor, you know all you need to do? Just come unto him. Everything that has blocked your hearing will be removed. And again, you can hear God clearly. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. 
Please, you can have your seats. You can have, you can have your seats. So scriptures now refers to scriptures. God always speaks. Job chapter 33, verse 14. Job chapter 33, verse 14. You would see that you can put, put that on your notes. Job chapter 33, verse 14. Also, you can read it up from Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. What does Job 33, uh, verse 14 says? For God does not speak now one way. And now, he said, but for God speaks, for God does speaks now one way and another way. Meaning that he always speaks. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Isaiah 30, verse 21. He says, whether you go, anywhere you go, you hear a voice from behind you, this is the way. Walk therein. Amen. You must have an ear. Oh, yes. You must have an ear to hear God. If you don't have an ear, how will you hear him? You must have an ear to hear God. Yes. One of the ways you hear God is to cleanse your ears. Everyone, God has blessed you and created you with an ear. But there are things that blocks your ear. So how do you take those things away? Revelations chapter 3 verse 22. Revelations chapter, 23, chapter 3 verse 22. The first thing you need to do is to hear him. Say, whoever has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. It means that hearing comes through the ear. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So first of all, identify him standing at the door of your heart, knocking unto you. Then you hear his voice and then he will come to you and speak with you. Amen. We have mentioned Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 where we say faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. One of our responses to the voice of God is what we have mentioned it countless times. It's obedience. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15 says, If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. In other words, obey him. Stand up. Do what he has said. Obey his voice. Amen. The voice of the Lord maketh alive. Whatever is dead in your life, the voice of the Lord brings it back to life. John chapter 5 verse 25 John chapter 5 verse 25 says, Verily I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Lord and do what? And live. When the dead will hear the voice of the Lord and live. And I prophesy into your life this afternoon that everything that is dead in your life by virtue of the voice of the Lord that you hear this afternoon, that everything comes back to life in Jesus' name. If your career is dead, it comes back to life. If your relationship with God is dead, it comes back to life. If your ministry is dead, it comes back to life. In the name of Jesus, the voice of the Lord brings it back to life. Lazarus was dead. Four days, the voice of the Lord brought him back to life. The only thing you need is a word from God. A word from God can take you from a dead situation into a living situation. Amen. The voice of the Lord gives peace. Psalms chapter 85 verse 8. Psalms chapter 85 verse 8. says, I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people. The voice of the Lord gives peace. Are you in turbulence time? Are you in a situation in your life where you feel that you, have, you lack no peace? You are troubled, you are worried. You are shaking left, right and center. 
the voice of the Lord brings peace into your life in the name of Jesus. Peace into your marriage in the name of Jesus. Peace into your career in the name of Jesus. Peace into your health in the name of Jesus. The word of the Lord brings peace to you. In Jesus' name. And when you listen to the voice of the Lord, you please him. Oh, yeah. A child that listens to his parents pleases his parents. Very well, they are pleased with him. The only way God can shout out and say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased is because Jesus has said it. He said, whatever he says, whatever I hear him says, that I do. That is what pleases the master. Whatever you hear him say, that you do. You want to be a child that pleases God? Learn to hear him. John chapter 5 verse 30. John chapter 5 verse 30. And finally, I still close on this note. That your proximity to God determines the accuracy of the voice you hear. Your proximity to God determines the accuracy of the word and the voice you hear. Can we rise to our feet? Can we rise to our feet as we close? You cannot claim you're hearing him well when you are far from him. You cannot claim you hear accurately when you are very, very distant from him. God wants you to come close to him. He does not want to speak to you like a stranger from afar. He does not want to speak to you from the idols of your hearts. He wants to speak to you as his son, as his daughter. And that he wants to do by bringing you close to him. There's a song we used to sing, close to thee, close to thee. Close to thee. desires, wants you to walk close to him so that you can hear him. So that he can speak to you clearly. He does not want you to learn from your mistakes. He wants you to avoid the mistakes. He does not want you to fall into that pit first before his voice resonates. He wants you to walk in the right path. He says in the book of Psalms, he says, thy word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. That is what he wants. 
that his word will continually be in you so that it guides you. Can we just pray this prayer? I say, Lord, all along this journey, help me to walk close to you. I don't want to be distant. I don't want to hear you through someone. I don't want to hear you through circumstances and situations. I just want to hear you clearly first. I want to hear you clearly. I don't want to hear you from my mistakes. <laughs> I want to hear you from the primary source. That is your voice. Your word. It is when you have the word in your heart. That is when you avoid mistakes. It says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. <laughs> Only if the word is in you, then you avoid errors. Else you just be tossed to and fro by the devil like a flag on a pole. He will misdirect that drive. He will misdirect that desire. Yes, desires are good. It helps you to succeed. But the devil knows you have them and he wants to misdirect them. He wants to misdirect that desire. He wants your desires to be locked up towards another direction so that you don't hear him. Say, Lord, help me. Let me walk close to you. Heart to heart. Hands locked in hands. That is my desire. To stay close to you. Walk with you. Eat with you. Feel the warmth of your embrace. Touch you. That is my desire, oh Lord. Say, Lord, I am tired of this kind of life of not having a direction because of my hearing problem. I want to begin that relationship of hearing you. Oh Lord, all the cares of this life that has blocked my ears, help me remove them. Let my dependence be upon you. Let me stay with you. Oh, oh, you're here. You have fallen countless times. The sin that so easily besets you have always pulled you down. Say, Lord, all along this journey on this earth. Help me walk close to you. Oh, In Jesus' name we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said this this morning at the house church. And I'll just echo it here also. Now the devil will never come to you with something that you do not like. The devil will never test you with something that you already do not have the desire. The devil will always come to you 
with something that you like. It's easy to come out and give testimony and say, oh, since I was born and now I am this old, I have, God has helped me to overcome sin of fornication because you've never had it. For you, that might not be the sin that so easily besets you. Yes. You can say, you, you don't lie. You, you don't cheat. That might not be the sin that so easily besets you. But there are a lot of us that are here that there is one thing that you know that when that one comes, you are helpless. You just fall into it. You lie so easily. You cheat so easily. When a woman passes by you, that one, it is your own. You, you, you are chasing every other part but this one. That one that it is so difficult for you to come out and give testimony about. That is what the Bible calls and the sin that so easily, in other words, it does not take effort for the devil to get you on that. That's what the devil always tosses at you. He would always come with the shade of what your lust is after. And like I said, everything he wants to do is to stop that relationship with him. One more time. I'll make the last altar call, but one more time. Everyone, you know that there's one thing. There's, yes, that thing, that thing, that thing that is coming to your heart now, that you know that, ah, this one, maybe it's anger. Ah, when it comes, I lose control. I overcome in every other part. So, it is not time to point fingers and condemn at people that are coming to say, oh, I am falling into the sin of masturbation. I'm falling into fornication. I'm falling into lying. And no, 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 no. There's that one sin that so easily beset you that you need to say, Lord, I repent today of this. It is difficult for me when it comes to this particular act or action to overcome. But I surrender it to you. I give you just one minute. Just go to God. I know no, almost nobody here is exempted from this. There's just this one thing. This one thing. This one. Just say, Lord, I repent of this. I am sorry. I am sorry that I've been giving in. Maybe it's because I have not heard your voice clearly because of the cares of this life on this part. But I repent of this. I said, I'm sorry. I say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the message. Click on the link in our bio to be a part of the amazing journey of what God is doing here. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Till next time. Bye.